the customer experience that I touch the most is creating this experience-driven product to really help you transform your relationship, have this incredible experience. And it's something that we are trying to build that couples will remember for the next 50 years. Hey there, it's Erica, and you're listening to Better Product, where the show that celebrates great digital products and the people and processes that make them stronger. Today, we're talking about love, but maybe not in the way you think. A lot of people are familiar with couples therapy. For many, it's a dreaded moment. You end up there after a moment of crisis. You suspect your partner is cheating. You don't agree on anything. The spark you had is fading. But what if there was a different way? A way to create a great relationship before you reach a breaking point. It's the mission the founders of ours want to accomplish with their relationship wellness platform. With insights from real-life therapist Liz Earnshaw, Jessica Holton, and Adam Putterman are creating a product that's all about the couple experience. They're joining us to share what they've learned about building products that reduce stigma, their software for love, and keeping people at the center of tech. Let's hear more. My idea for this show was rejected, which was that I wanted to have me and my wife like go through a session live on air. And everybody said, definitely not. But I still throw that out there if anybody wants to, to take me up on it. I celebrate 15 years of marriage in, in a couple of weeks. So things are Congratulations, are well. Christian. But yeah, I think that's an entirely different podcast. And you right. should sure. maybe Not run really it by about... Angie first before yeah. offering that Yeah, up. that's fair. That's fair. So let's start with some quick introductions. I'm really excited for this show because we have three people representing ours. So I'd love to start. I'm going to just start at the top. Liz, you want to give a quick introduction for yourself? We'll go through. Sure. Hi, I'm Liz Earnshaw. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I've been practicing for over a decade, and I am the head of relationship health at Ours. Hi, I'm Jessica Holton, and I'm one of the co-founders and co-CEOs here at Ours, and I oversee all things customer experience related. Yeah, and I'm Adam, co-CEO with Jess, and I focus on brand and growth. Very cool. And we would 100% do that podcast with you. We, uh, You have to have your wife on and that's next up anytime. Cool. I don't know whether I should tell her or like just surprise her and just have her on and then she can't leave. I don't know. Liz is nodding. I don't know what you're nodding to, Liz, but you being the counselor, probably neither of those ideas are smart. But thanks. I, I would appreciate that. And I, I just want to call out too, it is very rare to have someone oversee brand at a startup this early stage and we'll probably get to it but that was like one of the the things that megan and i think noticed right away was the brand that you all have is amazing so we'll get into that in a second but i did just want to call that out and before we get into it we're going to do an icebreaker so our icebreaker for this episode is what is your favorite love story now this can be a novel this can be like a rom-com or it can be like your own story Um, I really, I'll start. I personally like the story of how me and my wife met, but I'm going to, I'm going to save that for the other podcasts we're going to do together. My favorite love story is she's all that from, oh gosh, like maybe 98 or something. Rachel Lee Cook, 
I mean, it's like my fair lady style. Like I'm a nerd and of course she wears glasses and has the overalls and all that stuff. And then she is amazingly attractive and like goes through this whole thing. And it's like such a cliche. And that's what I love about it so much. And then I pretty much will watch any Hallmark movie. I want the most basic expected story ever. I'm really conventional with my love stories. So that's that's mine. That's great, Christian. I can go next to give you all some more time to think because we've had a little bit more time to think. But I'll say I read this icebreaker as our prompt in the notes and I audibly groaned to myself when I read it. So I, <laughs> I've been thinking about this for couple hours now maybe and I actually recently rediscovered the movie Bride Wars I don't know if anyone else has seen that it's Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson and they're best friends and they grow up together like always dreaming of having their weddings together at the plaza and then they accidentally get scheduled on the same day when they're supposed to be each other's maids of honor and so it's this whole thing where they go and like sabotage each other's weddings but anyway it's a love story like they each have their groom obviously and they go into both of their relationships and one of them works out and the other one doesn't but it's about the two of them being friends and it's more about like the love story between two friends yeah okay who's next well i i kind of have three options i love my own love story uh with me and my partner we met the very first day of college and as he likes to say immediately started dating seven years later and I think the evolution of our relationship from acquaintances to friendship to more was just a really fun adventure. Um, but I was going to say Sex in the City, uh, totally separate because of the love story across the four women tying everything together. And really, at the end of the day, it was their relationship. And I, I kind of grew up seeing that as a form of love. And I think that's really important. And they also kind of wrote a love story to New York through that series, which... I can resonate with. I can go next. Well, obviously I would say my own, but I'll, I'll skip that. I was originally going to say like the Trojan War and Helen and, and Paris, but then I don't know that they had a good love story. So instead I'm going to go way more recent and go with Jim and Pam of The Office, which Ooh. feels like a very cliche answer, but I definitely grew up listening and watching that show and I love their relationship. I think it's like wonderful and so supportive. Also one of the first, I think, instances of at least somewhat positively portraying couples counseling on, on TV in the in recent history in a non completely jokey way, which I think is great and I, I love their story. I love all of those answers that everybody's given. I also would say Jim and Pam, but since you already stole that one from me, Adam, I will say my own love story is my favorite. My husband and I met on Tinder um, shortly after leaving really unhealthy relationships. And he's like the healthiest person I've ever been in a relationship with, which is so wonderful. And I was leaving the next day for a month to go to Bali and we kept in touch and moved in together within three months and then got engaged within that year, got married the following year, had a baby the following year, and it's everything I could have ever hoped for in a relationship. So I feel very lucky. This is great. Um, and I have to be very careful because I'm re remembering how much I actually really like love stories and I would listen to each one of you talk about it further. But again, maybe that's for a separate one. But I appreciate those answers. It's a great backdrop for what you all are building. Let's shift into what ours is because it is about healthy relationships and creating those. And I think, Adam, you mentioned it too, about the sort of stigma that exists around couples counseling and all that. 
I'd love to know how did it start and how did you all meet and in, in, in this idea come together? That's great. I think we, we've told this story a ton of times and there's a different version every time. And my favorite version of our story is actually when Jess tells it. So I'm going to just totally throw her under the bus and make her tell the story. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> that was a very creative answer. Yeah. So I was working on building a relationship health startup that made going to couples therapy something that we celebrate just as much as we celebrate all of the good things in our relationship. And that really came out of my boyfriend and I saw all of our friends getting married and they went to premarital counseling and they said that, oh, this is such a drag. We have to go do this. We already know each other. We live together. And they came out of this experience having loved going to premarital counseling because they better understood each other. They better understood their relationship and where they were headed. So my boyfriend and I will get married at some point, but that was not the time. But we wanted to have that experience too. And we had a really good, healthy relationship, but we wanted a great, healthy relationship. So we started looking into couples therapy. And this was right before the pandemic. We were calling several therapists uh, and found it very difficult to get started, highly stigmatized, and something that we ended up feeling really ashamed about. And we took a step back and we were like, this is our relationship, the most important part of our lives. Why do we feel bad about wanting to make it even better? And that's when I started becoming just obsessed with this idea of couples therapy being similar to going to an oasis or a spa or a yoga retreat and becoming better for it. And at the same time, as Adam always says, I was meeting so many founders in this space, which is actually a really small space right now. And one day on April 8th of 2020, one of my friends put me in touch with Adam and said, I think you two should talk. Uh, we got on the phone and he was in Texas, I was in New York, and he was working on a very similar concept, but from an entirely different angle, creating social text-based experiences for couples, all rooted in proactive uh, relationship health. And so we started talking and it really took us probably two or three weeks to realize we should really just build this together. And so we did. So we became co-founders and then we asked one of our advisors to introduce us to the best therapists in the world in the couple space. And he introduced us to Liz and we were lucky that she joined us as a co-founder pretty soon after. And from there have really been building proactive relationship health uh, since then. Liz, what did you feel was technology's, you know, sort of, you know, fit in something like this that's different or maybe something that you couldn't do normally in practice? Yeah, I think there's so many places within therapy where technology needs to fit. So many um, therapists are really stuck with kind of antiquated systems where people have to click like contact forms and then the contact goes to the therapist maybe and then they have to respond. And so what happens is people are really nervous about the process. They click that contact form and then they drop off because by the time somebody's gotten back to them, they've gotten cold feet. So a huge space is just in that beginning connection where it's kind of difficult just to get the appointment. Um, another space within therapy where technology can play a huge role is tracking. So within the therapy world right now, people have their appointment and from appointment to appointment, you're kind of getting information from each other, but there's not really a lot of data being tracked in terms of how are things improving, what's changing in your relationship, what's changing with your mental health. And technology can play a huge role, I think, in improving that. 
And then just kind of bridging the gap between that human experience and then what are you doing with it when you leave? So you have these great conversations with the therapist in front of you, but then in the week, the two weeks, the three weeks in between, you know, like, what are you doing? You're not getting reminder pings that say something cute like, hey, remember we talked about making sure you give each other a kiss every day. Are you doing that? And people are really busy. And even if they want to do these things, they forget about it. And so I think there's so much room there to help people to remember to invest in their relationship through the use of technology. And those are just a few things. Yeah. I just had to say like on that is totally right. Like my wife and I have done couples counseling and like like the day before it is like cramming for a test. So yeah, there's that that time between we're supposed to be doing work too. Yeah. And then you kind of feel bad because you didn't do it. And it's like the day before the appointment, you're like, oh my gosh, I was supposed to have this conversation right. with you and I wanted to, but we're busy. And so how much better would it be if there was some way that you could remember to do it and also want to do it because it would sense. maybe feel like a lighter load? Yeah, I love that. And it sounds like, so each of you came at this problem from a different angle and you're each bringing a different sort of expertise to the founding of this company and this product. And so could you tell us a little bit more about what each of you focuses on when it comes to the hours product? Um, when it comes to the work that I'm doing, I think there's a couple problems we're trying to solve. One is on the therapist end, which is that right now, there are enough therapists in the world, but there's not really a great way for therapists to get connected with the people they want to work with in a way that feels good for them. So a lot of my work is figuring out how do we carve out roles for therapists that feel like really good match for what they want to do in life and the world and where they can be paid well and have a good work-life balance and be doing something that doesn't burn them out, but that makes a huge mark on relationships. The other side of it is I'm trying to solve for how do we create proactive relationship health models? Right now, most of the couples therapy models are based in reactivity. So you are fighting. You think you want to get a divorce. There's been infidelity, things feel a little bit less magical than they used to. All of those have frameworks and you can go to a therapist to talk about those. And one of the things that Jessica, I think, was really touching on when she talked about her and her partner is that when they went, they were coming into contact with therapists who were saying, sure, we can see you, but what's the problem? And that's because their framework is around the problem. And so what would happen when Jessica and her partner would say, well, we don't really have a problem. We just kind of want to come in and talk is that a lot of therapists would say, oh, well, I don't know if you need to like come in for that. It sounds like you're doing okay. <laughs> They'd kind of turn them down a little bit. And so at ours and within my role, I'm trying to think about how we use the science that we already have to look at what do we need to do 20 steps before the problem to help people create relationships that feel fulfilling and, and healthy for them? And then how do we train guides or create content or whatever it is around all of that information that we learn? I can pick up from that. Um, as I think about ours, we are all about creating this brand and experience that really feels like it's built for millennial couples who are proactively investing in their relationships. And these are couples who really strongly believe that the most important part of their lives is their relationship. And the customer experience that uh, I touch the most is all about is creating this experience-driven product. 
so what I mean by that is we, as Liz touched on, we marry the best and warmth of the human touch and all of the magic that comes from a human being who is an expert in relationships when talking to you and your partner with the power of technology and content to really help you transform your relationship, have this incredible experience. And it goes so far beyond just being this thing that you're learning or doing or talking about. And it's something that we are trying to build that couples will remember for the next 50 years. And so when we think about product, we're looking at how do we help couples be in the zone, be in this moment and almost go through this arc of an experience that feels like you're doing a hot yoga class and it's challenging, but it's really worthwhile and memorable at the end and transformational to every part of your life. So I think that being able to kind of really balance having that human part of the experience and our couples are meeting with a guide for two sessions and then they're doing asynchronous sessions that we call loveware sessions. And we're focusing a lot on how do we make those loveware sessions, things that are truly uh, with the couple at the center and providing an experience that helps a relationship really grow and set a foundation for the future. I want to make, so you said the guy, the human guys and then love, loveware, like W-A-R-E, is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's like software for your love. Yeah. Tell me more about what, what is that? Is that something you all have created? What, tell me more about what's involved with that. Yeah, that is our product. Um, okay. So we think about our product really as the experience uh, with the human, the technology and content. And so loveware is what you sign into when you purchase and you're a couple with ours. And so when you purchase, um, you start with filling out a welcome survey that helps our guides know more information about you and your relationship and your goals. And then you meet with an incredible trained guide uh, live for your welcome session. And from there, your guide is listening to you, seeing your relationship, understanding what it is that are your strengths and where you have opportunities to grow and delivering to you loveware sessions. And these sessions are very similar to what you would encounter with a live guide, except on the other side of the screen, instead of the live guide is our loveware platform and the content and exercises, discussion prompts that you're doing and your guide is checking in with you as you're doing them on your own time. And then you wrap up the experience with another live session with your guide. So that loveware is everything that ties it together. It's how you meet your guide. It's how you uh, join sessions with your guide. It's how you do your loveware sessions and all of the exercises and track your progress. Yeah, that's really cool. And I just calling it loveware and, you know, naming things like guides. I, there's, I mean, that's a very intentional brand decision. And we've seen some of your all's visuals as well and how that's all coming together. And so Adam, I know that that is your area of expertise. So I'd love to hear more about brand yeah. and design and how much of a part that that plays. Yeah. Yeah. So in general, I tend to focus on two things. The first is growth. And then the second is design and brand. And we kind of look at those two as very closely tied together. So on the growth side, nothing too crazy, but just making sure that people know this exists and then making sure that they want it. And then the design and brand side really comes in on the second part of that, making sure this is something people want to do. We've always viewed the two biggest, and we've talked about this a lot already, but the two biggest barriers to people doing this work and wanting to do this as accessibility and stigma. Within accessibility, it's everything from 
they don't feel like it's for them. They can't get access to people. It's too expensive. The logistics are too hard. There's, there's dozens of reasons. And then within um, stigma, it, it's really obvious. There's shame around the work or there's a lack of excitement. And so from the very beginning, we kind of chose very intentionally to invest heavily and invest in a very differentiated way in design and brand, because we think that's the first way that we attack both the accessibility and the stigma side. So what we decided to do was just focus on something incredibly proactive, incredibly different than everything that's out there that feels more like a consumer product than it does a healthcare product down, you know, all the way from the language to the colors, to the shape, we, we can get into all those details if you'd like, but that's kind of a, uh, a quick snapshot. Yeah, that's great. And I would, I, I mean, I geek out on brand as Chris knows, and probably most people who listen to the show knows. And so I have a lot of questions about, um, your brand and, and how you arrived where you did. But I think one thing that I that struck me as I was looking at it is, I know you are trying to change perceptions and it definitely does change my perception of this type of therapy or counseling. But have you, did it come up at all during your process? Like how do we balance playfulness and expression with you know people actually taking this seriously? It's a, it's a great question. We spent so much time on, on that exact thing. And, uh, uh, Actually, one of the very specific reasons why we went with such a visually maximalist brand is that it allows our copy to often be much more serious, welcoming, and uh, sincere, if that makes sense. So if you look at older versions of how we used to message, our copy had to be incredibly, to use your words like proactive, punchy, and, and, and in some ways aspirational or symbolic. Like we would say things very like Nike or Apple-esque, like all around like live a better life or uh, it's not actual copy. You get what I'm saying, very symbolic. And what having such a visual, visually forward brand allows us to do is be very direct and welcoming in the copy. So now we can say things just like premarital counseling. Um, and talk about what we actually do because the brand is doing the work around destigmatizing or making it feel like an experience. Yeah, I think that was a really smart balance to strike and decision to do it that way versus the opposite. Christian, you looked like you were going to. Yeah, I was wondering. So, I mean, the site's amazing and, and everything you're saying comes through. My question was, how much does what you're trying to destigmatize uh, extend outside of the site because we're looking at the site, but I'm sure there's other ways you're interacting. Like, are you building community around this? Are you marketing this and other channels? How does the hours brand extend outside of what we see on your website? This is a really great question. I'd love, uh, I'd love for Liz and, and Jess both to dive into this, but because, uh, in many ways, this is what Liz has been doing for, for years. And then also Jess is, is really tackling this from a product perspective as well. But one of the things I'll highlight, maybe two, is we've started building community already. That's something that we felt more pull than we pushed out there. Couples want to talk about this. They want to be around other couples that are doing this work that believe the same things. So we felt a lot of pull in that direction, and we're slowly starting to invest in that. The second thing I'll add, though, one thing that we've been very intentional about, and one of the reasons why I, I liked your initial suggestion at the beginning around doing that podcast uh, with your wife, unless you were joking, is that we've seen we get massive surges of interest, customers, and, and just engagement when people do this in public. And so one of the things that we've done a lot of is partnering with influencers or influential couples or just anyone that is willing to talk about and do this in public 
And it's been a huge way that we've uh, brought people into the fold, destigmatized it. The thing we hear over and over again is like, I thought we were the only ones going through this. I thought we were the only ones that had that conversation, whether it be good or bad. Um, so we're it, it, it's probably the second or first largest pillar of how we approach growth in general is, is kind of destigmatizing through examples and doing this stuff in public. But would love for Jess or Liz to kind of double double click on that. Yeah, I'd say one of my favorite things that we did for a while was something called The Ritual, where on Instagram Live, we would bring just regular everyday couples live onto Instagram, and I would take them through one of our exercises that we have in Loveware, and they would do it live. Um, and the comments were always really fascinating and heartwarming to see, just people saying, oh, this is so good to see that this couple struggles with this too, or that they're, they do this weird thing just like we do. So we are out in the world making this normal by making it public in many ways. And surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, a lot of couples are very open to doing that. And when they see other people doing it, they're even more open to doing it. Another way that we are focusing on destigmatizing this is through the professional lens as well. So one of the things that's going to be really important in this process is making sure that therapists are also on board with understanding the ways in which couples therapy has become stigmatized and about being problem focused. And so we've created something called the Hours Network, which is a network of a couple hundred therapists now across the globe um, who come together to really talk about how do we make sure that relationship wellness is mainstream and proactive and how do we teach how to utilize all of these different methods that exist in the world, but in a proactive way. So we are kind of striking the balance between helping to destigmatize it with couples, but also recognizing that the profession needs to be willing to lean into to that destigmatization as well. But add on the product perspective, we think about destigmatizing within the couple too. Whether we all know it or are conscious of it or not, we all have biases and stigma around seeking out help for our relationship. And so what we're really focused on is making these sessions feel so special that they feel even more meaningful than a date night or even more like something that you're looking forward to doing together than your favorite activity on a Saturday afternoon. And so by having really incredible activities and art projects and discussions that go into territory that you might have never discussed before, but have always wanted to surface. Um, we find that couples are looking forward to this and start talking about it spontaneously with each other as something that they're really proud of doing. And then that extends to talking about it with their friends because the experience is so special. It sounds like you've been getting pretty organic conversations to happen. And it does surprise me actually that like so many couples are willing to talk about it publicly and actually go through those exercises in front of other people. But that's really cool that that's working. So in those answers that you all gave, I heard a few different audiences there. We've been having a lot of conversations recently about like in messaging, how do you prioritize which audience should you be speaking to first? And I know um, on your site, you mentioned that you're focused on engaged couples, but in the FAQ, there's room for obviously any couple who feels like they could benefit from it to use the product. So how did you determine, I guess, that engaged couples were going to be your primary focus or your starting point? 
Yeah, a bunch of things. Um, and, and before I jump into this, it, it's worth noting, I think at least half of our couples end up not being engaged. It's an interesting thing where, where people keep finding us and they, they want to do this. And I think a lot of that speaks to our team and the brand and, and just the need for this. You know, as much as we're destigmatizing, we're also just kind of riding a wave of a lot of people want this right now. And, and there's nothing that really fits what they want. But in terms of premarital, I, I think when we first were picking things, we had 10, 20, 30 reasons for premarital, but there are a few that are more important than others. One of the first is that premarital counseling is a inherently social time in your life, right? Uh, when most people get engaged, it, it tends to happen in like a wave across their friend group. And so it works really well for us in terms of referrals. And we often get one person in a friend group and then they go to their bachelor or bachelorette party and they tell everyone. We get everyone there. I didn't. <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I'm like, oh, that's exactly where I'm at right now. You know, like that's what's happening with all my friends. That is so smart. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> yeah. And then a related point on that is that it's a very positive, proactive, and thus more social life stage in a couple's journey with us, right? So um, although we eventually hope to be there for a couple throughout their entire journey, the moment when they're most likely to share about working with ours is when they're engaged. It's one of the happiest times of their life. They're used to posting about it. It's much easier to share. And again, referrals and organic are a huge part of, of, of what we do. Three is that we've been incredibly focused on life stages and moments where couples are more alike to other couples than not. Couples are share very similar problems, opportunities, and things that they want to discuss at this stage, which makes doing the loveware aspect of what we're doing much more effective and much more impactful. And then kind of the last one I'll highlight is that there are a ton of engaged couples, right? This year, we expect two and a half million couples to get married. Uh, more than ever before, largely due to people delaying their weddings due to COVID. But it's just a huge market in and of itself. Um, and it's been a great starting point. We've, we've found a bunch of pull there. And uh, because it's such a large market, one of the biggest things we have going for us is that premarital counseling is a word that exists and people understand it. We don't have to invent a word and then educate on that word. Anything you'd add, Jess or Liz? I'd also add, I think it, it really sets us up in the couple's minds as being there for the really important time periods of their lives. And it allows us to over deliver and complement those really important times of their lives with something that really helps their relationship get a really good footing. Um, and so I think us being there during that at the very beginning um, helps us develop that relationship with a couple from the beginning and always be there for them eventually. I love all these answers you all are giving because it really proves the point that when you focus on maybe a more niche audience, then anyone and everyone could use this. There's a lot more reasoning behind it, and it's actually a lot more effective. Like everything that you just listed off makes it hyper effective to target the audience that you're targeting, and it's really smart. And some people don't realize that like when you deep dive, you can get even smarter about how to target them. Yeah, well, and this really is, like Adam said, like so many couples come to us not being engaged, but still wanting to do this. Yet when we positioned it at some point, we were doing an experiment around positioning it just generally relationship health or relationship wellness. But it ended up being something that you could just put off and put off and put off and do tomorrow or do next year or do when things really, really get bad. Um, and that's the exact opposite of what we want. And so this kind of helps couples time box it and see it as let's do this now. And if we do it again, we do it again, but let's do it now. 
So yeah, we've we found it very important to focus as narrowly as possible. It's funny because you, you all have been talking and, and I've been feeling a little bit like left out because I've been married. I'm about to celebrate my 15th anniversary and I'm just like, well, I guess I'm just uh, out of their target market. But I started thinking on this this analogy, I think when we talk to like B2B software startups, like they like start small and like work their way up into the enterprise and like they don't want the enterprise because it's complicated, even though there could be a lot of money to be made. I'm feeling like I'm the enterprise, like maybe once I'm like past 10 years and eventually you all will build the feature sets that you can handle because I mean, I joke, but I can understand exactly why you're doing it. And there's like, there's 14 years behind me of marriage where we have to like unpack some things. So we have not just like the next 15 years is like, we actually do have other things that we'd have to talk about, but the serious sort of tie in, I guess, is how do you envision growing? Is it just going to grow with the people? Or do you also imagine like as you build up that you start to take on a broader market of people like me who maybe have been married for, for longer? Or are we just, there's just no hope. I just, that's okay too. Just tell me right now. I need to know. Absolutely not. Uh, it's the opposite of what we believe. So we think about this in a few different stages. Uh, one is we want to be the go-to for premarital counseling and be equally associated in couples' minds as where you go to set a good foundation. Then we want to continue to serve those couples. And so we want to build out, uh, we're trying to get pregnant, or we're thinking about having a family, or we're moving, or we're buying a house, or we just got a job promotion, or we have an illness in the family, and continue to support couples throughout the lifetime of their relationship. And then we want to support all relationships. And so of course that means romantic relationships, as we've been focused, but that also means your relationship with your parents or with your sibling or with your college roommate or your business partner. Because at the end of the day, our closest relationships are the number one predictor behind our health and happiness. And that goes beyond our romantic relationships. So we grow through life stages uh, with couples and then ultimately by expanding what types of relationships we serve. That's really great to hear. That I, I would love to keep talking, but we're short on time. And so I need to get to our last question, uh, which is really, you kind of touch on a little bit, Jessica, I think, what are you most excited about what for what's coming next in the product over the next six to 12 months? I guess I can start. We've done close to zero marketing so far and couples just keep finding us, keep signing up and to the point where we have to turn things off. And um, we are on the precipice of like opening the floodgates and, and letting people in and really trying to go as wide and, and big as possible. And I'm just really excited to see that happen and, and see this turn into even more than the movement it already is right now. So I'm very pumped for that. I'm really excited for all of the new ways of creating an experience that we're building into the product. And that means, you know, being really creative in how we grow together as a couple. And, um, you know, we might draw together and find that we have different visions for the future. And how do we connect those two in kind of like a game? And how do we better understand where we are in our relationship across all of these different facets? How do we better understand what influences our relationship? So more and more kind of pieces to this experience that make it really a holistic platform to understand each other and our relationship. I'm really excited because we have really just the beginnings of this product and it's only starting to be built and we have a long way to go to get to that true 
experience, but it's already special. And I would say what Adam and Jessica said, and I would also add I'm excited about putting this out into the world in a way where we're sharing content or we're highlighting how wonderful our guides are. I'm so excited to be going on podcasts, putting our blog up, sending out newsletters, all of those types of things so that we can connect with the couples who don't sometimes even know that they need to be connected with yet. And then they're suddenly going to think, yay, I want to work with ours. So that's something I'm I'm very excited about. I'm excited for Megan to join. I knew right? you were going to say that. Yeah. Right? I mean, clearly you have yeah, to. Like, we'll I see. can't. We'll see. Yeah. But you kind of fit. It's I was listening so like... Like, it's truly just so fun. It's meaningful. It's fun. You want to keep talking. It's just uh, the beginning. Like... You absolutely yeah. won't regret it if you give it a that, You guys, I have made it sound super fun. I know. I'm really intrigued by now. So, Well, with that, I, I thank you all for your time. And I agree with, with, with Megan. I think on this show, you've helped destigmatize the topic of relationship you know, health just by the way you're talking about it. I'm excited. I appreciate you all joining our podcast today and uh, highly encourage people to go check you all out. And if you are in the 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 target you should sign up so thank you all for for taking the time out to talk to megan and i today for having us thank you thanks for having us that was fun thanks for joining us and if you haven't yet be sure to join the better product community we've got all sorts of content and resources for you and if you want more audio don't forget the business of product is our latest show to join the better product network and you can find that and more at betterproduct.community